Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled. And Alvarez in toward the corner. Get out, Get out, get out of here. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Welcome to the show. It is Monday, August 6th, and we are beginning Fantasy Week 18, 19, or 20. I am Adam Azen. I'm here with Scott White. Hello, Scott White. Team Scam is on fire. Did we beat the best team in the league? We sure did. Without Mike Trout, without the help of Mike Trout. Uh, We'll obviously talk about, uh, about Trout and whether or not you should start him. Give a good weekend, Scott. I did. I had a fine weekend. It is week 20 officially, by the way. No, the not, maybe for you. Maybe for the you. official one. There's only one official one, and it's 20. Who got to determine what was official? You? No. No, there's there's a whole right, product fine. management side of things for that. All Names right, and faces fine. you don't know or see. Well, we were hoping to welcome Mike Trout back this week, but even if we don't, I know that we can give a big, hearty hello and a Welcome back to Heath Cummings. Best use of that song ever. You get, it really in, you get a walk-up song, Heath. That is outstanding. I really missed you guys. You know what? We missed you, too. We need you on the show. Football, too. We missed you. But we're glad you're back. How was your trip? It was phenomenal. Love the city of Charleston. It's been a couple days in St. Augustine, which is really close to here, and it was an awesome, awesome place to hang out as well. Three quick shout-outs. I met some uh, listeners of the Fantasy Baseball and Fantasy Football show. So first off, Mark has a uh, a food business called We Flew South and made me the best Philly cheesesteak I've ever had in my life. And before you say you had the best Philly cheesesteak in Charleston, he's from Jersey. So it was phenomenal. Um, also, Fatty's Beer Works, outstanding time with those guys. Great tour, played great golf for the first time ever. <laughs> Lots of fun. And then had had uh, had a couple of drinks with Chris in Charleston and uh, another good friend of the show. Uh, so standing. wait, did how did these people, how did you find out these people were fans of the show? Did they like recognize you? Uh, no, it was all through Twitter. I, I was, uh, oh, okay. tweeting through my trip and okay. people were, uh, in my mentions. I see. Like, hey, let's meet up here. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. fair enough. Uh, while he was away, he secured the number two seed in one of our leagues and the playoffs are starting now in that league. And honestly, if you play in a bunch of leagues, I don't, I don't hate, uh, getting one done kind of early. We get always finish that league first. We start the playoffs like early August and it's done basically. Early September, right before football starts. Not a terrible idea. Now, let's move on to fantasy baseball. Heath, how about, since you're back, give me a hitter to add. I'll go with Steven Susan. I've long been a Steven Souza supporter. He's been terrible so far this year. He's been hurt for a big part of the year, but it looks like he's back. Hit a home run on Sunday against the Giants, hitting 327 with a 971 OPS in 13 games since the All-Star break. He should be owned in all five outfielder leagues and maybe even some three outfielder category leagues. Steven Souza. Scott, how about you? Uh, Steve Souza's like 25% owner or something, too. He's very available. I would really like to say Tyler O'Neill because things played out perfectly. The start of the weekend, Dexter Fowler fractures his foot. Seems like there's a place for both O'Neill and Bader to play every day. But now O'Neill has a groin issue of his own. He may end up going on the DL himself. So... Instead, I am going to say, I'm going to say Avisel Garcia, who's still widely available. Two homer game yesterday. Um, I don't love him in points leagues because he never walks, but five outfielder leagues, he should probably be owned. And I will suggest Aledmus Diaz, 8% owned in his last 12 games. Aledmus Diaz is batting 372 with six home runs. Only one walk, but only two strikeouts. Also four doubles. A 1261 OPS, and all this with just a 278 Babbitt for a Ledmus Diaz. A lot of his hits are home runs, but, uh, not like it's completely lucky. So he's 8% owned. He was, uh, a fantasy darling a couple of years ago. Is the Ledmus Diaz under owned, guys? 
Uh, I mean, eleven percent. Yeah, I mean, he's oh, he's eleven percent. Okay, short, it was eight yesterday. Now he's up. Oh uh, yeah, it's up to eleven. Still very low. Uh, I don't think he needs to be even like fifty percent owned because he's another guy who never walks OBP under three hundred, and uh, I just don't. I don't think the all-around production is going to be high enough. But he has been hitting for power as a shortstop, and that's that counts for something. Yeah, you know what? I'll throw out another deep league guy. We talked about him on Friday's show. Steve Pierce. He started. He starts against righties, not all righties, but he's 15% owned. And what we liked about Hanley Ramirez at the beginning of the season, batting third for the Red Sox, that's what Steve Pierce is doing right now. So 15% owned. He homered off of Severino, I believe, on Friday. And we're obviously going to talk about Severino. Um, you know, I don't know that there are must-ads because he doesn't play every day. And Diaz, Scott just talked about, but 15%, 11% might be a little low for these guys. Well, somebody who's in the same range of Avisal Garcia, so I don't want to, to go without saying because he, you know, he should probably be over 90% owned at this point, but he's only 68, and that's Jake Bowers. What are you doing? Well, what I, are you I, doing if Jake Bowers is available in your league? I look at Bowers 68%. I look at Cole Calhoun 69%. I look at the calendar, and I think, yeah, people just aren't really playing right now. That's mm. part of it. That's part of it. I don't think it's all of it. Sure. I've got another one, too. All right. And uh, this is not a guy I've been a longtime fan of, but Jonathan VR yes. has just been on fire since getting to the Orioles. I think the problem was Jonathan VR was good on the Brewers when they weren't as good. They got too good, and, and he just he couldn't handle the pressure. But now he's back on a bad team where he feels comfortable. He's 8 for 17 since joining the Orioles. He could be a nice source of steals down the stretch. He's 35% owned. I hope he bats leadoff. Yesterday he batted third, and he he's one of their best hitters. But in four games with the Orioles, VR has batted first three times, and yesterday he batted third. So I said one hitter to add, but I don't know that any of us were so super inspired by any of them. So we gave you like four or five. For you to consider. Yeah. Now, you think about it. who wants to give me a pitcher to add? Anyone? Well, if, if we go down that line, Adam, I do think the best pitcher to consider adding is one who pitched yesterday and pitched quite well. In fact, Trevor Cahill is somebody I'm looking to add again. Six shutout innings with 10 strikeouts. And when he's been healthy this year, he's been pretty good. This is two starts in a row where the strikeouts have been high. Uh, throughout his career, he's been an elite ground ball pitcher. So that combination, uh, bodes well. I mean, if he can stay healthy, obviously the athletics have been surprisingly a good team this year. So there's wind potential there and, uh, somebody you need to look into. Yeah. Trevor Cahill's 46% owned. Now look at this weird split for Cahill at home. He has a, a 0.99 ERA on the road, 644 ERA. He is at the Angels this week. Uh, there are a lot of pretty interesting pitchers, but do you trust Cahill on the road where he has a 644 ERA at the Angels, and we don't know if they're going to have Mike Trout in the lineup because that's going to be a weekend start? I mean, ideally, the guy I'd pick up, you know, I'm, ideally, I'm not trusting the guy I pick up when he has just a one-star week, right? Like, ideally, I have five pitchers or six, whatever the format is, that I like more than that, but... I don't think that's a bad matchup for him. It's a good park, a good pitcher's park, and, um, you know, especially if they're without, without Trout. But it's not like they're a dominant lineup with Trout. Uh, Heath, how about you? What do you think uh, for a pitcher to add this week? What is Kelvin Herrera's ownership right now? I'm glad you mentioned him because, you know, he is getting saves, and I will tell you what his ownership is. Do-do-do-do-do. Kelvin Herrera is 61% owned. And he is stepping in as the Nationals' closer. That's that's pretty high, but I don't think there are that many closers I'd rather have than Herrera right now. Like, he's got to be, for the short term at least, and at this point in the season, especially in points leagues, you've pretty much got to be thinking about the short term. He's got to be a top 20 closer. And the last thing I saw on Doolittle was they did another MRI, and it looked just like the last MRI. Which yeah. is not exactly encouraging. Not not showing a lot of progress yet. He may just be their closer for the rest of the year. And if he is, we pretty much viewed him as a, a borderline top fifteen guy on a bad team. Now he's on a, what I think will be a good team down the stretch. How about Armand Marquez? 
44% owned. Can we trust him at home this week? His last two home starts were both great. Marquez has the Pirates at home. He's 44% on. He, 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 I mean, he might be breaking out right now. He's been so good lately. Thoughts on a 44% owned Marquez? I, I'm not ready to trust him in a one-start week at home. On I'm the road, either. I'm fine with starting him every time, but not ready to do it at home. Okay. Uh, would you stream Junior Guerra against the Padres at home this week? Guerra, by the way, has actually been terrible on the road, but he's got a 2.55 ERA in Miller Park. And he's got the Padres at home. I'd be fine with that. Okay. I I mean, I cannot even explain like how sick to my stomach I am of the pitchers that I had to pick up in our 12-team podcast league. Skaggs on the DL. Carlos Martinez on the DL. I traded the Grom to Heath. So I got nothing. I am relying <laughs> on a two-start Matt Boyd and a one-start Derek Holland. And I'm just like, what has happened? I was the guy who prioritized pitching. And now I have to look for one-start streamers and the Matt Boyds of the world. Stop the presses. I've got a great pitcher to add. Oh, okay. And I think he just said his name, but it's Matthew Boyd. Yes, yeah, you added him too. You added him in our Roto League. Yeah, two-start pitcher, which is a bit of a surprise. I think he was originally supposed to pitch on Sunday. Now he's a two-start pitcher against the Angels, who are really bad against lefties, especially if they don't have Mike Trout. And the Twins, who haven't been very good against lefties themselves, and I was poo-pooing Boyd for most of the, his early season success, but his last, really five of his last six starts, seven strikeouts, eight strikeouts, six, seven, seven. He's been really good as of late. Okay. Good. Cross our fingers. Uh, weekend standouts. I want to talk about Zach Wheeler. And let me just preview what's coming up on today's show. I'll try to read some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Definitely got to talk about Severino. We gotta wonder if Corey Kluber is fully back, cause he had a complete game shutout, but he only struck out seven, he had eight swinging strikes. Uh, what do you do with John Lester? What do you do with Chris Archer? And guys like Kenta Maeda, stuff like that. Uh, we'll talk about Trevor Story, uh, Justin Boers hit three home runs in his last four games. We'll get to it, we'll get to everything we need to get to. But Zach Wheeler is 80% owned, he's got a 261 ERA and 17 walks to 61 strikeouts over 58 and two thirds. In his last nine starts, if he's available in your league, Zach Wheeler is at Miami this week, so that's a great matchup. Scott, mm-hmm. is is Zach Wheeler legit? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for the most part, if you look, if you look at his last, uh, hmm, what's a good range to use here? I think he's like legit in a mid three ZRA sort of way. Mm-hmm. The walks are always going to be a little high. Uh, the strikeouts. You know, he's not going to be a 10K per nine guy, but he'll be right around the strikeout per inning. And uh, lately he's been pitching seven innings at a time, which I think is the biggest uh, accomplishment for him. You know, you wish he played for a better team, but he's managed to win four straight outings. So definitely when he has a good matchup against the Marlins, you got to start him. And I think he's worth keeping on your bench even when he doesn't. Oh, over 80% ownership now. Yeah, so that's Zach Wheeler, and uh, he needs to talk to Jacob DeGrom and tell DeGrom how to get some wins. And Wheeler is just throwing really hard. His fastball is basically averaging 97 miles per hour. He's always been a hard thrower, but not this hard. Uh, any other standouts you guys want to talk about? Uh, Rugnet Odor, I think we need to talk about again. And we talked about him a little before I left. It looked like he was starting to get on a hot streak. And boy, is he ever. He had, what, five hits, including two home runs over the weekend and a double. He has just been absolutely on fire since July 15th. He's got a 1282 OPS and eight walks in 16 games. So I think five of those came in the same game. Five in one game. We freaked out about his five walk game on Friday. It was pretty fun. Uh, was he was the fourth guy since like 1906 to have five walks and a home run in the same game. And he, yeah. the, the other three were Hank Aaron, Edgar Martinez, and Mark McGuire. Guys known for walking. Well, the thing is, like, he was, it's, it's kind of like a poor man's version of Matt Carpenter. He was so bad for so long this year, but you look at his season line now. He's got what an 8.24 OPS. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, he looks a lot, a lot like Rugnet Odor. And it's not really worth looking up where he ranks, as he had a DL stint, so he's a little bit lower. 
in the, well, he's the number, probably the number 20 first baseman in points, probably top 15 or so in Roto. Uh, all right. And Scott, any standouts for you? Man, Adam, I got three pages worth of standouts. Let's just, let's just focus on how you prioritize them in the notes. Okay. Uh, Ryan Barucki is 14% owned. Under owned? Uh, 14%. Yeah, that's under owned. I don't think, like he, his, the strikeouts haven't been good. And that's kind of a deal breaker in 2018, I think, for standard mixed league use. Uh, but, if you're in a situation where you really have to scrape for pitching, I mean, he's, I think he's pitched six innings in every major league start he's made so far, which is also something, well, it, which is something you don't see very often in 2018. Um, so, you know, I don't think, I don't think he's bad in a real baseball sense. I just think it's going to have a hard time cracking the mixed league threshold. So. I guess we can talk about more standouts on Scott's three pages of notes uh, throughout the day. Let's talk about the news and notes. What do we do with Mike Trout? Start or sit? <laughs> well, what are we going to do in our 16-team league, Adam? Well, I think we're probably going to start him. Are they playing I that tonight? So. And I think-, I think that's the key answer is it really depends how deep your league is and what your other options are. I don't really want to start them in a standard 12-team league with three outfielders because there should be somebody that I feel like I'm going to get adequate production out of. But in a five-outfielder league or a 16-team league like the For the People League, I think you probably almost have to start them. Yeah, they, I mean, they, our, they our alternative is Harrison Bader, so uh, that's what we're looking at there. But, you know, uh, like I picked up somebody like Carlos Gonzalez, who's now over 80% owned. But you look at what he's done for the past couple months, uh, OPS over 900. And, uh, I mean, like, I'd, I'd start him over Trout with seven home games. You Darvish, finally some encouragement. He had an encouraging bullpen session. That was nice. Uh, Jose Altuve is not going to be back on Tuesday when he's first eligible. And Chris Sale is not going to start on Wednesday as previously planned. Are, are we planning to start Altuve and Sale this week? I'd rather not. No. Nope. Not gonna do that. Tommy Pham is out about a month with a broken foot. Roberto Ozuna will eventually be the Houston closer. If you had to start one Astros reliever this week, Scott, who would it be? It would be Rodon, uh, Rondo. Victor Rondon. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would be him. But I'd rather start neither if I had al- alternatives. Tyler Skaggs is on the DL with a left adductor strain. Lance McCullers is on the DL with an elbow injury. Mike Sosha is stepping down after the season, according to the report, to a report, but he said that is, quote, poppycock, but it's probably <laughs> true. Uh, Jay Happ could start against the Rangers this week. George Springer left yesterday's game with a thumb injury, could be bad. Let's hope for the best, but dude's injury prone. The, uh, the Padres lost two pitchers, Tyson Ross and Jordan Lyles. Ross to the Cardinals, Lyles to the Brewers. Meanwhile, Brett Kennedy is going to start for the Padres this week. Pretty good minor league numbers for Kennedy. Heath, what's the most interesting fantasy angle from this? The Cardinals claiming Ross, the Brewers claiming Lyles, and Brett Kennedy getting called up for a start. I think it's probably Ross, but I have been more uh, interested in him throughout the year than anyone else has. I'll be curious to see what he looks like in St. Louis. It's another good park. It's a better team, so a better chance to get wins. Okay, works for me. Alex Woods on the DL with an adductor injury. And the Mets, oh, uh, Anthony Swarzak's on the deal with shoulder inflammation, so that means Gazelman is probably the closer he yep. had to save over the weekend. He did. Yasiel Puig could go on the DL with oblique soreness. The Rockies called up David Dahl. Does that matter? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, he wasn't hitting very well at AAA. Uh, I don't think this is in response to an injury, right, that would create an opening, although it would seem easy enough for him to start over Gerardo Parra if he showed signs that he deserved to. I'm just not confident that's going to happen quick enough or at all. And D. Gordon remains out. San Diego called up Fran Mil Reyes, who homered yesterday. Scott, does Fran Mil Reyes matter? I mean, I'm keeping an eye on him. Sure, he definitely has a lot of power potential. It hasn't gone well in previous stints in the majors, so I'm not 
interested in picking him up yet. But, I mean, it's kind of the same situation for David Dahl. I, he seems like somebody who could get hot enough to matter in mixed leagues. And Philip Irvin is playing some outfield for Cincinnati, and Jose Martinez started in the outfield twice now for St. Louis Saturday and Sunday. All right, let's get into the action from over the weekend. The studs being studs are being duds. Studs being duds, part one. Uh, okay, bear with me because I put Corey Kluber in here even though he wasn't a dud. Luis Severino. <laughs> All right, let's start with this, Heath. Are you going to start Severino at the White Sox this week? I am. Oh. I don't I don't feel great about it, but the White Sox are not good. Correct. And I, I there could certainly be a situation where I have a stacked pitching staff and someone to put in over him. But I, there's not anybody I think that's available on waivers that is anywhere close to the upside he does. Two start Matt Boyd or one start Luis Severino? I'd probably start two start Matt Boyd. Oh. Okay, so Severino I mean, I don't know. I don't know. has an 828 ERA in his last five starts, 40 hits, eight home yeah. runs allowed in 25 innings. Got a little bit better at Boston. I mean, he gave up four runs. Two of them were kind of stupid and <laughs> sort of found a groove after a three-run first inning. But still, only five swinging strikes, only two strikeouts on 115 pitches. Uh Scott, what do you think about Severino? I mean, I'd be okay – Sitting him, like, just till he gets right. And I think he will eventually get right. Uh, I don't doubt there's something wrong with him. I just doubt that it's something big that's going to ruin him forever and ever. I get probably just something's a little off mechanically, or maybe there's a pitch tipping thing, or maybe he's nursing a minor injury that affects his delivery somehow. Something like that. I, I don't think it's really like, if you own him in a dynasty league, it's something to worry about. I would prefer to sit up, but this matchup is so tempting. I don't, I don't know that it's something I would flatly recommend. Would you be willing to trade for Severino right now? Or do you think this could be a season long thing? I mean, if I'm getting a discount, sure. I'd trade for Severino. Okay. Uh, Corey Kluber, I know he wasn't a dud over the weekend, but, he fits because we were talking about, you know, Kluber similarly to how we're talking about Severino, except Kluber had a knee injury, and he got, I think, an injection in his knee, and he throws a complete game shutout against the Angels, seven strikeouts, three hits, eight swinging strikes. Um, is he, is he back, Scott? Is Kluber back? Well, I mean, he's an ace, and I don't think anybody was concerned he wouldn't be. It's, is he back to who he was last year? No. I mean, that the fact that he was able to get through a complete game on fewer than 100 pitches, um, means he wasn't getting the strikeouts he was last year. Still wasn't getting the swinging strikes he was last year. He's more like Kluber from, uh, from 2016, 2017. More of a, more of the innings eating ERA between 325 and 350 guy, I think, which is still an ace, but it's not, he, he's not, uh, he's not distinguishing himself the way Scherzer and Sale are, or I should say were, uh, or Verlander, I guess you could lump him into that group too. He's not distinguishing himself the way those are. Heath, John Lester and Chris Archer were bad this weekend. Archer, I think, I, I mean, I'm sitting him at Colorado this yes. week, but that's kind of beside the point. But Lester and Archer, do you think that you'll be able to rely on them rest of season? I expect they're both going to be guys that should be in your lineup more often than they're not. Now, I'm sitting Lester this week because I have a two-start Sean Newcomb in one league. But I'm not, like in this matchup at home against Washington, I'm not saying you have to sit him. I expect they're going to be top 40 starting pitchers the rest of the way. Yeah, Lester's been terrible. He had a 646 ERA in July. He gave up five runs against the Padres on Sunday. Um all that peripheral stuff kind of catching up to him. Yep. And I actually did try to buy low on Archer yesterday with Hanniger, but which Hanniger were hitting a little bit better. I got denied. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of a double buy low situation. I got, or I, yeah, I got countered. I got countered a, then, uh, an interesting one though, Kenta Maeda. And I and I don't I don't think Maeda's at Colorado this week too. So. I'm not starting him. Wait, he offered you Archer for Maeda? No, he offered me Maeda for Hanniger. Uh, you know what my only concern, like I like Maeda. I think he's better than some of the recent results. I would call him a buy low, but 
I don't, I'm just concerned about, oh, here comes the Kenta Maeda DL stint. You know, yeah. uh, like Kershaw and, and Hill are the, and maybe Stripling is back are, are the guys that I think are entrenched. I don't know that Maeda is. Well, you expect the DL stint from Hill too. I guess so. But, I do. Um, yeah. I mean, somebody else is about to go on the DL, right? Ross Stripling's supposed to replace him. Uh, uh Alex Wood. It? Alex yeah, Wood. Alex Wood. He already went on the DL. There you go. Uh, so it's not Maeda's turn yet. I mean, it, it, it's also with the Dodgers. You know, they're going to have rotation excess and you don't know how legitimate any of these injuries are because of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, off of, off of my teams. Do you, do you guys want to, uh, why don't we take a look at the most added players? And there's just one other guy that I added that I think is disgusting, um, that I am down to this point, but I added Wei Yin Chen for two home starts. He has a 220 ERA at home. I'm starting Wei Yin Chen and Matt Boy this week. In a huge week, by the way. <laughs> huge week. Uh, they were both beyond the threshold of recommended starting pitchers in the two start pitcher rankings. Although I will say Chen was only one spot out of it. Whew. So. I feel I much don't better. Hate that one as much. Alright, taking a look at the most out of list. Jose LeClerc is on the most out of list. He is up to 40% owned and he is the Rangers closer. Would you start Jose LeClerc over an Astros closer, Heath? Yeah, I would. Right. I feel much more confident now. I, it, it may be that the Astros have twice as many save opportunities. So one of the Astros closers is actually better, but I feel much more confident on a night to night basis that he's the guy if they're ahead in the ninth. By the way, let me see if I can dig up this stat. The Angels have not had a save chance since July 8th. Yeah, I saw that too. Cause Blake Parker was working the seventh yesterday. I was like, what's, what's been happening there? Yeah, not a save in a month. Almost a month. Crazy. Yeah. That uh, is crazy. Maybe they have I, a I mean, blown save. Maybe they have a blown save there, but they don't have a save. You're right. Okay, yeah. back to the most out of list. And yes, Scott was saying he still thinks it's Parker. Uh, Lance Lynn is number two, Scott. Lance Lynn. He's got two starts this week. The White Sox on the road. The Rangers at home. I would prefer him to either of your two scrubby two-star <laughs> pitcher options. Boy, I mean, Chad. not that not that he's beyond scrubby himself, but. Was Lance Lynn the uh, player who inspired the uh, the argument last week? Yeah. Yes, he yeah. was. How'd you know? I got I got tweets about that argument. <laughs> Heath, hurry back! It went off the rails. I didn't think so. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it went off the rails. No, I, I don't Wasn't, think so. We weren't we weren't at each other's throats or anything. No. Lance Lynn is, they, these two, both Chris and Adam, I just thought they were a little too dismissive about Lance Lynn's. Uh, like he wasn't even worth talking about when he was replacing Sonny Gray. No, no, Scott, that's not true. He wasn't worth talking about when we didn't know if he was replacing Sonny Gray, and we'd already spent uh, we like knew he was no, replacing we Sonny spent like Gray. two minutes arguing about him, and I said, you know what, he's not even in the rotation yet. Can we save this till when he's in the rotation? And so we did. I, yeah, I, I will. I could understand starting Lance Lynn this week. I don't ever feel comfortable starting him. He hasn't been a good pitcher since 2015. Uh, Matthew Boyd is number three. Tyler O'Neill is number four, but Scott already told you why that's a little bit risky. Derek Rodriguez has two starts this week. He's number five on the most out of list. He's got Houston at home. And it has become more interesting because I was planning on sitting Derek Rodriguez against Houston at home. But no Altuve, and I'd be shocked if George Springer's in the lineup. If those two guys are out, Derek Rodriguez at home against the Astros, start or sit, I think it's easier to make the case for him in a two-star week, but how about just in a daily league tonight, Rodriguez? Okay, in a daily league, if he's on my roster against the Astros, I'm starting I would him, Scott. probably start him. I'm doing it. If you're, setting him. A lineup, if you're setting a lineup for a weekly league, I would hope I had five better pitchers, but in a daily league, I would probably start him. But he has two starts, right, in a weekly league? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh. probably starting him in both. Yes. All right. Yeah. That that makes sense. Sorry. Second one is Pittsburgh yep. at home. Cole Calhoun, Will Smith. Will Smith only fifty one percent owned, so he's still available. And you know, uh, yeah, he's he's been very good. Good for Will Smith. Tyler. He leads, he leads all relievers in fit. Wow. Will Smith. Nice stat. Yep. Tyler Glass now twenty four percent owned. Is he a two start pitcher? No. 
Okay. He does have Baltimore this week, so that's a good matchup for Glass now. I, and I don't know, even when he is a two-start pitcher, if you're going to get seven innings out of him. They're hoping to stretch him out, but yeah, I, I don't think you can, I don't know, can you start Glass now on a one-start week against the Orioles? No. I can't. Glass, no. I, I probably wouldn't. I need, to, like, I've, I've picked him up in a couple leagues in pursuit of upside, but I'm not, even with that matchup, I'm not ready to put it to the test yet. And Nick Ahmed, last guy we'll talk about on the most out of this, had a two-homer game against San Francisco on Saturday. Scott, Nick Ahmed's 28% owned. Yeah, I'm not really, not really sure he needs to be much more owned than that. He is on a nice homer pace, but that is it. It kind of reminds me of Freddie Galvis those last couple years with the Phillies where eh, it's a decent number of home runs, but not enough to go with it. All right, well, in case you couldn't tell, I am more or less clean-shaven, and I have Harry's razors to thank for that. Love Harry's razors. Amazing shave. Just a close, comfortable shave uh, and a great price, too. Now, they've got a trial set that's got a weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, which smells great. Love the shave gel, and a travel blade cover. All of that trial offer, all of that is $13. But you get it for a discount if you go to harrys.com slash fbt. harrys.com slash fbt. So listeners of our show can redeem that trial set at harrys.com slash fbt. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash fbt. Now, I've used a lot of razors in my life. I've used electric. I've used blades. I had never really felt this way about a razor until I got the Harry's razor. I started using it. I was like, damn, this is just better. It's just a closer shave. I'm one of those guys that has a five o'clock, sh- five o'clock shadow as soon as he's done shaving, but not with Harry's. Uh, you know, it's really kind of changed the way I shave, and I've recommended it to so many people. I also think it's a great gift. So if you, you know, Father's Day is obviously past, but if you got a a birthday or something coming up for somebody, you'd like to get them a, a shave kit. Harry's.com/fbt. Again, you're getting a handle, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel, travel blade cover, all at a discount. Harry's.com slash FBT. This is really a terrific offer and a great product. Harry's.com slash FBT. Make sure you get it and let me know when you get it. Send me a tweet. Keep me posted. All right, back to the show. Double dongs over the weekend. Otani, Ahmed, Story, Seeger. Kyle Seeger. Uh, yeah, not Corey Seeger. He hasn't homered in a while. Mark Trumbo. Nope. <laughs> Avi Garcia. Anything there, Scott? Anything? Kyle Seeger. I'm still not confident a turnaround's coming just because the strikeout rate is so much higher than it's ever been, which isn't to say it's a bad strikeout rate on its own. He's just normally been a really low strikeout guy. They've been better recently. But I'm I'm just I'm still not that enthusiastic about him, even with the two homer game. All right, some other guys to talk about: Jose Abreu, Jose Abreu homered Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Justin Bohr has three hits in his last four games; they're all home runs. He's 55% owned. We talked about Odor, Joey Gallo, kind of equally hot. Thursday, Friday, set. Well, no, in, in very recent memory, he's equally hot as Odor. They both homered Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Heath, um, Leonis Martin homered Friday and Saturday. Uh, for his new team, are you interested in Leonis Martin? I would assume that his ownership is microscopic, and so in yes, in that type of situation, I would be. He's not somebody that I'm adding in a standard three outfielder league, but he could have some appeal in a five outfielder league. Okay, let me check Leonis Martin's ownership. He is owned in sixteen percent. Damn it, that's my guess. Twenty. Oh, you were guessing twenty-four percent. And he's okay. a Cleveland Indian now, and he's off to a good start. That's not quite microscopic, but I still think at 24%, there are probably leagues where he should be owned. Some other hitters that have sort of jumped out. How about Max Kepler? He's got a 944 OPS in his last 30 games, and he's gotten a lot better against lefties this season. Can Kepler help you down the stretch, Scott? I do remember he's somebody I liked back in April and May, and it just didn't work out. There's still a lot to like about him. It's a high fly ball rate higher than ever, a high hard contact rate higher than ever, good walk to strikeout rate. That's always been true, but even more so this year. Uh, he has a 
58 BABIP. Now, he's always been kind of a low BABIP guy, so I don't know that uh, it tells the whole story there. But if if those fly balls he's hitting sail over the fence like they have recently, I do think you're talking about a mixed league caliber outfielder. I'm just – I'm not sure I'm ready to uh, take the plunge just yet. Max Kepler, okay, he's about 35% owned. You need some power in a deep league. Daniel Palka gives you that. He is slugging over 500 this year, despite a uh, 236 batting average. And he's got five home runs in his last ten games. And Malik Smith has stolen five bases in his last five games. Tommy Pham is hurt, so maybe that helps Malik Smith stay in the lineup. Yep. He's in the top ten sleeper hitters for this week. Good matchups for the Rays. A lot of righties. Top ten sleeper apps for your phone, for anywhere that you put apps. Specifically in this case, your over-the-top device like a Roku like an Amazon Fire, any of those uh, over-the-top devices. How about CBS Sports HQ? Well, the app is actually the CBS Sports app. Everything I'm about to tell you about is free, by the way. Download the free CBS Sports app and start watching CBS Sports HQ. It's got fantasy content. It's got non-fantasy content. It is scores, news, highlights. It is your best way to catch up on what's going on in the sports world without all that annoying banter, without the way that the sports coverage has just been ruined over the last decade or so we're a throwback network we're cbs sports hq please check it out download the free cbs sports app and watch hq and we got a lot of other podcasts if you're a podcast aficionado if you love podcasts cbssports.com slash podcast for a complete listing kind of a great hub for sports you know college football wrestling nfl pick six podcasts great off the bench with canel and bell it's kind of our generic uh, all sports podcast with danny canel and roger bell Great insight there. There's nothing generic about it, Adam. It is magnificent. It is a great podcast, yes. CBSSports.com slash podcast for a listing and for how to subscribe. All right, let's get into the studs. Justin Verlander, 14 strikeouts at the Dodgers on Friday. David Price had a very good start. He, he was scoreless through six, came out in the seventh, gave up two runs. Uh, I think the bullpen gave them up. Uh, but good start against the Yankees, which was really encouraging and and now he's got a nice four-start stretch, David Price. Patrick Corbin, last eight starts, he's got a 290 ADRA and 17% swinging strike rate. And John Gray, 91% owned. Do we trust John Gray at home at this point? I do. He's he's always been somebody who's been as good or better there. Like, the Rockies have really figured out. The, the pitchers they bring up in their own organization, they... They come up ready to pitch at Coors Field. I don't know what exactly they figured out, but uh, Freeland, Anderson, I guess except for Marquez, right? Uh, they, they've all had good success at home, at least as much as on the road historically. Okay. Heath, you want to talk about Price or Verlander or Corbin? Yeah, I think I... Like you mentioned the, the stretch coming up for David Price and he's not been anywhere close to what he was before. I think we just need to kind of get that image out of our head. He's not probably ever going to be that guy again, but he's still a good starting pitcher and he's still somebody that I plan on starting down the stretch. Okay. All right. That works. Studs being studs part two. How about Rick Porcello? Complete game, one run on one hit and nine strikeouts against the Yankees. 86 pitches. For Rick Porcello, and he still managed nine strikeouts in nine innings. Jose Catana had a nice start against San Diego. Now six or seven innings and two or fewer earned runs in four of his last five starts. And he's at Kansas City this weekend, or this week. That's Catana. Jack mm-hmm. Flaherty finally had a quality start. Dylan Bundy had a good start. Nate Evaldi had a great start against the Yankees, only four Ks. Tanner Roark had a good start, but only two Ks. Freddie Peralta had a good start with eight Ks. Vince Velasquez dominated the Marlins. A lot of names there. So, uh, let's go to Heath. Who who stands out to you, Heath? Well, I think we can just fairly say that Freddie Peralta owns the Rockies. I'd like to see him have a great start <laughs> against someone other than the Rockies, and maybe he will. I, I definitely think he should be rostered. I understand if you don't feel comfortable starting him with one start at Atlanta this week. Um, I... I don't know what to make of Dylan Bundy other than we may just have to accept that Dylan Bundy is the pitcher version of Rugnet Odor. At the end of the year, his numbers are going to look up, yeah, okay, pretty good. He's going to have stretches where he looks like a top 15 starting pitcher, and he's going to have stretches where it looks like you shouldn't even roster him. Hmm. Okay. All right. 
Uh, I don't know his match. Oh, oh, Boston this week. I'm going to sit him against. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder. I, I wonder how you guys feel about Flaherty. Like, you know, I, I gotta like him this week at Kansas City, but this is a great start for him. He's capable of it, but mm-hmm. also they don't they don't let him go deep into games. I mean, he's got one start in his last six of more than five and a third. Yeah, like I said before this start, the last time we talked about him, I feel like it's. It's something like a, like a home run. He'll give up a home run that kind of ruins his day. And so that, I mean, you know, he's given up three runs and it's the fifth inning that, yeah, they pull him at that point, uh, because he's just had like the, the line at that point doesn't look good. So they pull him, but he pitches well. It's not like he should be a home run. A pitcher who allows a lot of home runs. Like I don't think that. Like I think it's. I think it's been kind of a fluky thing, is what I'm trying to say. How much do you trust and, him uh, though? Because I, I do worry about the length. Yeah. Well, I mean, when he's going well, like you did in this start, they let him pitch six innings. Yeah. And I think against Kansas City, he will too. Uh, I think even he he's kind of frustrating, but I don't think he'll ever like ruin you. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a chance he could turn in a great start like this. He is a good pitcher with a short leash. And there are just, for me at least, like looking at starting pitcher right now, there are too many starters hurt that I don't feel like I'm in very many situations where I'm going to bench Jack Flaherty when he's pitching against the Royals. I think he's pretty close to a must start this week. He's a must start when he has two starts. I might sit him against a really good offense just because I'm worried about the short leash. All right, and then the last three guys, uh, how about ranking Tanner Roark, Native Aldi, Vince Velasquez? So the one I'm not really sure what to make of is Roark, because this is three really good starts in a row. Uh, the, where the walks have gone away, which has been, been a big problem for him. He only got strikeouts in the first two of those three starts. He's not historically a good strikeout pitcher. Uh, and he's just been so unreliable from year to year, too. I'll put him second in this group. I'll go Velasquez, then Roark, then Evaldi. I think they all should be owned. Yeah, I'd put him in the exact same order. Velasquez, Roark, Velasquez is really the only one that I'm super excited about. I mean, Evaldi, the way the Yankees were talking about his cutter was very interesting. Uh, it, it appears to be a very effective pitch for him. I know yeah, we don't love does. the, we don't love the low strikeout totals, but uh, well, that's a, the thing. Like, he, two great starts with the Red Sox, but the strikeouts were down in both. Early on with the Rays, he was introducing this cutter and getting strikeouts. So that that made me a little more hopeful it was going to be a big deal for him. I mean, if, if the Yankees are saying it's that impressive, then maybe it's still well. And, I, you know, it's only two starts where he hasn't gotten a lot of strikeouts. Maybe they'll bounce back next time. I don't know. But um, he has the most downside, I would say, of these three. And let's go to some studs who were duds. We talked about some of them earlier today, like Severino and Lester. But how about Julio Tehran, 86% owned. Kenta Maeda, 94% owned. Danny Duffy, 80% owned. Tyler Anderson, 84% owned. And Gio Gonzalez, my goodness, 90% owned. It's been dreadful. Uh, Tehran, Maeda, Duffy, Tyler Anderson, and Gio Gonzalez. How many of those five are are must must own players? You could not consider dropping them. Maeda. Maeda. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I would probably own Duffy. I would probably own Anderson. Teron and Gonzalez seem totally expendable to me. Even when Gonzalez bounced back with a quote unquote good start last time, it was four walks to four strikeouts. You know, at Miami, it's not really. Gonzalez at his best. Right. I kind of feel the same about Gonzalez I do about Roark. Okay. Uh, studs being something in between studs and duds. Masahiro Tanaka only made it through four and two thirds, but he struck out nine Red Sox. And he has been kind of a strikeout machine. No, he's been a swinging strike machine, I'd say, since coming off the DL. Kyle Hendricks had an okay start. Robbie Ray, been very frustrating. Blake Snell had a yeah, kind of a bad start, but he was on a pitch count. He's fine. Walker Bueller, good start. Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon walked five, gave up no earned runs, one unearned run. That means I went back, I looked, I think 
all but one of his starts in his career with five or more walks, he's given up two or fewer earned runs. So, so it just, it doesn't matter. Effective, effectively wild. I guess so. Uh, and Marco Gonzalez. Four runs in seven innings isn't great, but seven strikeouts and he has actually, Marco Gonzalez is picking up his strikeout game lately. About a strikeout per inning in his last five starts. Um, I, again, I know I said a lot of names. Tanaka, Hendricks, Ray, Blake Snell, Walker Bueller, Carlos Rodon, Marco Gonzalez. Anyone jump out at you? I, Robbie Ray, I think, is totally untrustworthy. I don't think you can drop him, but you really shouldn't start him. This was a two-star week, right? That he was just getting off of. Yeah, and it, it went, it went poorly. Crossed your ratios. Just don't see any any real reason to start him right now. Okay. Snell's still my favorite out of this group. Um, oh yeah. By by a pretty good margin, but most yeah. of these guys, unless they have a bad matchup, the upcoming week, I'm starting. Carlos Rodon is a two twelve Babbitt. Does that matter to you guys? That's that's too low. He's been he's been lucky so far. Okay. He's got Cleveland this week. Starter said Rodon. I'd rather not start him. I don't think it's crazy to start him. Yeah, I'm probably starting him, but I would start a two start Matt Boyd over him. Let's do the fringies. Sixty five to seventy nine percent owned, part one, fringy starting pitchers. Zach Eflin, Shane Bieber. Great start from him. Anibal Sanchez. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but yep, he just keeps doing it. Luis Castillo and Kevin Gosman. Eflin Bieber, Sanchez, Anibal Sanchez, Castillo and Gosman. It's a nice bounce back start for Eflin. Did he give him three earned runs, but over eight innings. And that was after a couple shaky outings. I think he's proven he's still somebody who needs to be owned. Uh, Castillo kind of discouraging after a couple of really good starts with the strikeouts being good and, you know, I think they were both quality starts too. So he's not quite back to being my start, but I would own him too. Uh, the others, Bieber, Sanchez, Gosman, I would rank them in terms of how much I'd want to roster them. I mean, I'm still putting Sanchez last of that group. Bieber, Gosman, Sanchez. Though I don't think Gos- Sanchez's 76% is too high. You like Gosman better than Sanchez? Yeah, I do. Heath, how are you feeling about this group? Eflin, Bieber, Sanchez, Castillo, Gosman? I don't even feel like I want to comment on Sanchez because I don't understand anything that's happening with him. And I keep thinking it's going to end and it keeps not ending. And we- I-, I don't have faith in him the rest of the year. I- there's not, like, he deserves more credit than he's getting, though. As far as Castillo, I, I'm almost starting to look at him more like Flaherty. Cause I do think he, like he's shown enough since the start of July that he's kind of over whatever was ailing him early in the year. But the Reds are going to yank him, I think, at the first sign of trouble. Yeah. I mean, Castillo had a 225 ERA in July, four walks, 25 strikeouts, but he had five starts with that 225 ERA. He had only two quality starts. Uh, Fringy starting pitchers part two, 50 to 64% owned. I have two guys in this group. Junior Guerra and Clay Buckholtz. Guerra's got San Diego this week, and Clay Buckholtz is at Cincinnati. Buck- Buckholtz has been really good. I view Buckholtz very it's, similarly to how I view Anibal Sanchez. Right, exactly. Like, I don't understand it in the slide. I, this was a great start. I mean, he got 18 swinging strikes in this start, but it was that's an outlier, that specific stat. Um, so you understand why the line was good this time out, but why it's been good consistently, I just I don't get it. To, to a degree, I could say the same about Guerra, but I think, you know, he's been, unlike Sanchez, he's been healthy basically all season, right? And, uh, we're two thirds of the way through the season. And it's not like the strikeout rate's bad. I think of those three, Guerra, Sanchez, and Buckholtz, Guerra's the one I'd trust the most. Okay. And he does have the Padres this week, as mentioned earlier. Guerra's 61% owned. Fringy starting pitchers part three. I'm going to say a name. You guys tell me yes or no. Do you want to, do you want to own them? Joey, you know, standard mix league. Joey Lucchese. No. Nope. Marco Estrada. No. No. Trevor Cahill. Sure. Yes. Herman Marquez. Yes. Yes, but I don't want to start him this week. 
Joey Lucchese, I said him already, sorry. Um, how, Andrew, about, how about Marco Estrada? Andrew Suarez. <laughs> no. A couple no. of doubles in the notes here. Um, no. I am, I am so, I am Ron Burgundy. I will read everything that's put in front of me. Um, and I, I put names in the notes twice and I- Marquez is in here a second time too. I guess I just copied and pasted again. Um, Mike Miner. Yes. Certainly in points points leagues where you can start him at uh, relief pitcher. I don't trust the kind of run he's been on recently. Not enough strikeouts there for me, but, you know, you can start him at relief pitcher. That's awfully handy. And uh, unfortunately for Mike Miner, he does start have one start at the Yankees this week. Not a good park for him. Uh, Deep leagues, Derek Holland, 28% owned. I mean, give the guy some credit. He's pitching pretty well this year. He's got a strikeout per inning. He's got the Pirates at home this week, Derek Holland. Uh, I'm assuming we don't have any interest in Lucas Giolito? No. Nope. What about Edwin Jackson? No. Uh-uh. What about Austin Gomber? Or is he out of the rotation now? I think he's probably out with Tyson Ross joining. Okay. Uh, Derek Collins. Oh, my God. I did it again. How about Edwin Jackson? I kept copying and pasting. I know what happened. I know what happened. How about Trevor Richards? Now he's interesting. He is. He has been pitching quite well of late, uh, in terms of strikeouts, swinging strikes, everything. Last four, he's allowed two earned runs between them with 25 strikeouts to seven walks and 23 and two thirds innings, double sw- digit swinging strikes in all four of them. That's, uh, that's a good four start stretch. He pitches for the Marlins and he doesn't have an exciting pedigree, so I'm, I'm not ready to pick him up yet, but he's definitely on the list of players I'm watching. All right, Trevor Richards, Ryan Barucki. We talked about him earlier, and the, I don't. That's all. I don't. I, I don't even want to. Say, Blaine Hardy. Blaine Hardy. No, we don't. He's care. three three percent owned. AL. That was, that was the weirdest pitchers duel of the season, right? Blaine Hardy versus. Brett Anderson, a nothing, nothing uh-huh. game into extra innings. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Pretty strange. Uh, in yeah. the bullpen, Brad Hand got another save. Who's the Cleveland closer? I think it's probably Brad Hand who's going to get the most now that, now that Andrew Miller's back, uh, Cody Allen faltered a couple times after the trade. So they got two great lefties and one theoretically great righty. It kind of makes sense to save one of the lefties for the ninth, right? I don't think it'll be in every, like, I, I think sometimes the matchups will align in a way that makes them turn to Allen instead. But, uh, I'd prioritize hand over him right now. Adam Adovino got a save chance, Heath, and he blew it. He gave him three runs, two earned at Milwaukee on Sunday. Finally got his chance because Wade Davis had been bad. Um, but what do you think about the Rockies bullpen? They are sure talking like they're not taking the way, job away from Wade Davis yet. He's not really pitched like he deserves it, but like is the only person to get a save recently for the Rockies, Sung Wano? Um, no, wait. Is that who got the save? I believe he got a save for him on Saturday. Mm. So I'm looking through, yeah, O got one on Sunday. Okay. Uh, but that's that was, but that was after. August, so that's their only save in August so far. Davis got three saves prior to that. Was that the same day? I'm confused. Was that the same day that Adovino blew the save or no? I believe so. Okay, so so Adovino got the initial chance in the ninth. He blew it, and then O got the save in the extras. Yes. Okay, and he got the save while Corey Knebel faltered. By the way, um, Jace Fry does not appear to be the closer for the White Sox. Ken Giles appears to be the ninth inning guy for the Blue Jays. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez worked the, got a save on Friday and then he worked like the seventh inning on Sunday, so that was annoying. And that's basically all I got in the bullpen. So let's, let's read some emails, I'd say. And then we'll do today's matchups. Jason from New York. Dear Altuve, Alvarado, Quintana, Barrios, Baez, Ramirez, Reyes, Bautista, Arias, and Arania. <laughs> Everybody got it? Uh, Jose's. Jose's. Uh, oh, you know what? I don't know that we need to read this because we already addressed it, but does Steven Souza Jr. deserve to be owned in more than 20% of leagues? Yes, 45. There you go. From Jesse, DL stints are starting to pile up. I'm wondering where the dropometer is on Carlos Martinez. 
I don't think he's undroppable. I, it's going to be an extended absence, and obviously we're looking at uh, about two months of the season remaining, a little less. So, uh, I I mean, obviously I'd rather not drop him, but if your DL stashes are piling up, he's he's one of the ones who's going to be back later in the year. That's Carlos entirely Martinez. dependent on your league and how they finish the season. If your playoffs are starting in the next couple of weeks, I think he's droppable. Next if email. You're in a, oh, if you're in a roto league that goes until the last day of the season, there's no way I'd drop him. No name on this one, but he says, Dear Gomez, Fester, Lurch, and Thing. I only know the easy ones. The Adams family. It's my family. Uh, I have... <laughs> Alright, he wants us to rank some pitchers. Give me your top three here. John Gray, Vince Velasquez, Zach Wheeler, Carlos Rodon, Kyle Gibson, and Zach Godley. Who are your top three? <sighs> That's a good question. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. They've all shown nice signs recently. I think... I think Gibson's my favorite just in terms of reliability. John Gray's probably my second favorite. And I'll go Godly third. I'll go Gibson Gray Godly, the G the G Gibson. team. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I will go Gray first. Uh, I'll go Godly Gray Gibson. Okay. The G's. From Tyler, Hanniger or McCutcheon, rest of season. Andrew Hanager. McCutcheon. Oh, split. I, I actually picked Andrew McCutcheon up. He was dropped in a 10-team league that I was in. And the, the Matt Carpenter hot streak is coming. Maybe. Russ may have already Hampshire. started. It may have. Yeah, he had a nice weekend. Russ says, uh, I need someone to replace McCullers. Robbie Ray or John Gray? John Gray. Yep. Okay. We have about 10 games on the schedule tonight. So let's take a look at uh, the matchups. Homer Bailey at Noah Syndergaard. Are we going to start Homer Bailey? No, no. Nope. Luke Weaver at Wei and Chen. You can tell how exhausted I am. I didn't have the strength to sing Dreamweaver. Um, Luke Weaver at Wei and Chen. You know what? I'm in a, in a one and done scenario like this, uh, I am going to sit Weaver. I know he's among the recommended two start options because two great matchups and you just hope he comes through for one of them, but I'd rather not. Start him on a night-to-night basis. At the I'm Marlins? not starting either one. Wait, what? We're not starting Luke Weaver at the Marlins? He's been so unreliable. He has. But three of his last five starts have been excellent. This is exactly the type of place where if it's the end of the week, it's totally dependent on where you are in the, each category. I don't want to start my week with Luke Weaver. I'm starting both of them in my, the podcast league. Weaver and Chad. Gosh. Kyle Gibson. That's weekly. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Kyle Gibson at Trevor Bauer. We're starting them both. Uh, Mariners at Rangers. This is Wade LeBlanc at Martin Perez. No, thank you. No. Yankees at White Sox. Lance Lynn at Dylan Covey. I'm going to say the same. Well, you know what? Since it's the White Sox game, I'll start Lance Lynn. How do you like that? I probably, ah, man, he's so bad. (laughs) Ah. I, I could see a situation where I started Lance Lynn. Cole Hamels at Jake Junis. Start Hamels. Yeah, I'll start Hamels. Junis. Joe Musgrove at Kyle Freeland. Pirates at Rockies. Nope. I could maybe start Freeland, but I'd rather not. Okay, and Arietta is at Godly. Are we going to start Arietta or Godly tonight? I'd, be, I'd start both. Yep. How about Tigers and Angels? Matt Boyd and Nick Tropiano. I'll start Boyd. I'm not going to start either. The Angels are bad against lefties. Really, really bad. Charlie Morton and Derek Rodriguez. And by the way, Scott, you're not going to start Boyd if Trout's out? I, I, like, I think Boyd is one of those pitchers who's flirting with disaster. The BABIP is so low. The home run to fl- the home run rate is so low for a guy who gives up as many fly balls as he does. Like if the Angels, even without Trout, scored eight runs off him, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, Charlie Morton to Derek Rodriguez. Start him. Yes to Morton. Are we gonna do Rodriguez in just the one start? I I'm, know we want him for the two start. Week. I'm gonna start him if Springer's out. Without Springer, I'm assuming there's no Springer or Altuve. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. start him. I mean, I'd rather start him than Weaver, that's for sure. And I, I guess I'd rather start him than Lynn. You know who else isn't in the lineup? 
Gaddis. Because oh, yeah? it's, in, it's in a National League park. He didn't play all weekend. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So just get Alex Bregman out and you should be okay. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks a lot for, for listening. Heath, great to have you back. You'll hear Heath on the Fantasy Football Today podcast later today. And Scott and Heath on – I don't know who's on tomorrow. I don't care. See you later, everybody. We'll talk to you on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday.